You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. Buckle up, everybody. We're back here on the Ducks Unlimited podcast. Things are happening. Snow is falling. Winter winds are blowing. And we are welcoming in again our guest from up in Canada, Dr. Scott Stevens. Hey, Mike. Good to be here. Well, it's always great to have you here, Scott. And that's uh, kind of become a bit of a monthly ritual here to have you on the show when we play the little walk-up music for you. (laughs) I hope this isn't going to your head in any way. No, it's not. But my wife might beg to differ. She she would probably have a different story. <laughs> yeah, I think she has asked if she could join a podcast episode with you sometime in the future, maybe to set the record straight on some things. And so we're still working that. We're efforting. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that one would be interesting for sure. Well, we are here in early November, November 12th. Uh, Friday afternoon, actually. We're going to try to turn this one around really quick and get it out for people here on the weekend because things are happening. We have some weather systems that are sweeping across the mid-continent, one of which I believe is going to be an Alberta clipper that's coming in um, this weekend. I don't know if it's already up there right now, but I think I know also that some snow has fallen across parts of the Canadian prairies. We're going to get you to provide an update on that. And so all of those things are combining basically paint a landscape where the ducks are going to be leaving Canada. Ducks and geese are going to be leaving Canada, and that place is going to be locked up for probably for the year. The hunting season, the, the fall and winter, I guess, season there for, for Canada, at least in the prairies, mid-continent, kind of coming to a close. And this is always an exciting time for folks down here in the States because it means that those birds are going to be coming south, however many of them that there may be up there and whatever their composition may be. So, 
Let's start, Scott, by setting the stage. I want you to kind of tell us what has happened here over the past few days. I know uh, you actually were deer hunting this morning and you got stuck because of some snow drifts and that kind of stuff. So we want you to get to that as well. But like, what's the what's the weather up there right now? How much snow is falling and what are all the implications of this? And so, yeah, just paint the picture for us. Yeah. Well, I would say in general, we had a very unseasonably warm fall overall. Um, in fact, uh, it was probably a couple weeks ago that I had my last duck hunt and it wasn't very good. I actually didn't fire a shot in two days. Um, there were ducks around, but they just were hard to pattern. Like we found my, my friend had scouted and found birds in the field. They were also using a little creek system as kind of a day roost. We hunted the creek system and saw a couple birds. Um, they were still in the area. That night we scouted, found, I don't know, several, probably 500 birds in a, in a cornfield, had permission there, set up, saw a few geese, maybe one or two ducks. Yeah. So so they were not very well behaved for us. Uh, and, and, but it was still warm, like no, no freeze up or anything like that. But my guess was that when those birds were behaving like that, they were close to pulling out. They were sort of aggressively feeding. They were trying to pack on some energy and most of those birds were going to be out of there. So uh, I actually, my perception was we, most of the birds had departed prior to this system hitting. Um, I did hear a few Canada geese probably migrating this morning. But yeah, on starting on Wednesday evening, we started getting sort of rain and freezing rain. And it turned to real slushy snow. Yesterday, we had snow and winds all day long. Um, we had this low pressure system that came from the west. And I know... I know there was snow or rain in Minnesota to the south of us too. And it kind of parked here and spun. And yeah, we probably, I just got done not too long ago, snow blowing my driveway. And I probably in the drifts, I had two foot of snow, you know, like went to the top of the snow blower. And yes, I tried to get to the deer blind this morning to set and I made it there. I got slowed down, bogged down twice on the way in, made it there, parked, hunted, didn't see anything, got ready to leave. Nope, I was stuck in the in the farmer's driveway. He came with the tractor and cleared it out and got me boosted and on my way. And I was stuck again on the road, <laughs> half a mile down the road. So, yeah. So the joys conditions, of snow. Condi- conditions changed quick um, around here. Went from unseasonably warm to slammed in with winter and snow. So I guess the good news is, Lots of moisture in this snow. In in fact, uh, that first bit that we've got that that is sort of at the bottom of the snow pile is super slushy. In fact, when I was snow blowing, my snow blower would sort of get clogged up when I was dealing with that part of it. And, you know, it was kind of like the consistency of a snow cone, and didn't want to spit it out. The the stuff that's on top is lighter and that blew no problem. But uh, yeah, so. You know, to help us with next year, that's some pretty good, pretty good moisture. We'll provide a good frost seal because we got the rain um, as things were freezing up. I think the only challenge is this system didn't dump as much snow to the west in the real pothole region. Um, you know, I live north of Winnipeg, 
outside of the pothole region. That's where we got most of the snow. It didn't quite go far enough west to really have impacts on, you know, wetland conditions for next year. Yeah, Scott, a lot of stuff has been has been happening as I let off this episode with uh, both in uh, they're in Prairie Canada right now, but then also south of you there in the in the Dakotas. And I want to come back to that. Before I do, I, I have a question. I got to go back to you getting stuck in the uh, in the snow. Now, when you arrived out there, because I knew you were going to go hunting this morning, we had lined it lined up this recording. Oh, for earlier this morning, I guess it would have been eleven o'clock, and. I knew you were going to go hunting. The plan was for you to be out, assuming you hadn't, you know, shot a deer and were tracking it or something. The plan was for you to be back out in time for our recording at 11. But then I I happened to check Facebook as I was waiting on you to join, and I saw, saw a picture, right. <laughs> saw a little short video of you uh, indicating or talking about and showing the farmer actually clearing the road in front of you. And one of the things that came to mind came to my mind was, well, two things. Okay, Scott's probably not going to make it for 11 o'clock because it was like 10 minutes before we were before 10 right. yeah. <laughs> or 11. The other was, was it snowing when you were out there this morning? Was it actively, did all that snow fall after you got there? No, most, the, the snow had kind of quit by the time, by the time I made it to the deer blind. Um, when I left this morning, I think it was still snowing, but snowed all day yesterday. And we had strong winds, probably 25 mile an hour winds. So, you know, it was snowing all day. That was blowing around. And uh, yeah, be- before I made it to the the landowner's place that I hunt, I I actually got sort of stuck, temporarily stuck. I would say nobody nobody had to pull me out, but I was able to work my way out. But got slowed down in a drift on the way in. And that didn't, um, that didn't deter you. That emboldened you, right? It's funny how that works, right? I got stuck once and then I was able to get my way out. So surely I'm not going to find any kind of conditions that are worse going forward, right? So let me keep on well, going. Right. Yeah. No, no, this is, this is a, this is a good line of thinking too, because I've, I've had these challenges before. Um, by that point though, I was only about a quarter of a mile away from my destination to hunt. So you know, I thought, eh, might as well go in there and deal with this in the daylight rather than trying to get back home. Um, I've done that before. Story once duck hunting ended up with three flat tires and kind of like today, it's like, well, we were at the boat ramp, might as well hunt for a while and come back and deal with tires or being stuck later. So that's what I did today too. Okay. Fair enough. You have my endorsement. I would probably have done the same thing. Uh, okay. Well, let's see. Let's move back to back a bit in what I was saying, talking about how things are, are developing all across the prairies. Uh, Dr. Johan Walker joined us last week, and we talked about some pretty notable uh, rain systems that moved through North and South Dakota, dropped a, a fair bit of rain there, and improved wetland conditions markedly by by all accounts within a good swath of the of the Dakotas. Now we have a good snowfall occurring in Manitoba. Um, you kind of, you, you did reference that prior to the snow falling there in Manitoba, we had some rain. So that's going to help with the, uh, getting some good soil moisture. And then when the temperature, when the bottom drops out of the temperature, which it looks like it's going to do here soon, if it hasn't already, that's going to help with that frost seal. And that's going to carry us forward, presumably into next spring. So that's all good. So we have some parts of the prairies that are starting to look favorable from a drought recovery perspective. Still a long way to go, as Johan pointed out. But what what about farther west? I don't think the picture is is as optimistic or as rosy 
um, out in Saskatchewan and Alberta, right? Yeah, that's true. And and I would even say, you know, if this system had had moved through, you know, a couple hours west of me, it would have been better here in Manitoba. But I think we got more snow east of the real prairie pothole region here in Manitoba. But yes, in Saskatchewan, I'm not aware that they've had any big systems like this. I know after I made that post on Facebook, you know, some of our staff in Saskatchewan that I'm friends with on Facebook had commented, whoa, you guys have way more snow than we do and, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, my sense is that in Saskatchewan and in Alberta, things haven't haven't improved Um you know, like like maybe we got a little dose of here in, in Manitoba and, you know, like Johan talked about last week in the Dakotas too. So, yeah. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. I want to ask you also about to uh, dig into a bit more on on what you saw in terms of birds across the prairies there this year. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit before, but since your last, since our last discussion, um, and I guess, well, you kind of mentioned that earlier. So from a big picture perspective, let's come at it like this. How would you characterize this fall? Maybe based on what we were expecting. You know, we talked to, uh, we talked about the drought. We knew that it was gonna, going to kind of constrain production out of the prairies this year. How did, your, how did what you see, how did your observations kind of match what you expected or not match with what you expected based on drought um, and anything else that we would have, have would have imagined might have been unfolding this fall? Yeah, I, I would say generally it matched expectations. Um, you know, I, earlier in in the late summer, I think we talked about, you know, we were going to have a fall fly to mostly adult birds. They were going to be kind of wise and wary and tough to deal with. And, uh, you know, definitely saw that. Um, as I was trying to find places to hunt, 
you know, late in the year here before birds started trickling out. You know, we found we found limited little pockets where there were ducks, you know, where there was a little water still around. But those were few and far between. So you had to put on, you know, a lot of miles to find maybe a duck hunt for two guys. And then, you know, a couple of times we were pretty successful with that and and birds decoyed and, you know, we, we had a good hunt. Um, you know, I did get questions from friends sort of asking, hey, you know, what's what's the deal? Like, I can't get ducks to decoy for nothing this year. Um, so like I think that was smarter consistent. than us. They've been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that was, that was consistent with, you know, what our prediction was that, yeah, you know, that'll be the story from a lot of folks as they move South too. It's like, I mean, people will still have good days where things will work, you know, conditions will be right and, you know, they'll be successful, but there'll be a lot of days where birds are wary and not decoying. And, you know, that's largely a function of mostly adult birds in the fall flight. I was on Lake St. Clair a couple of weeks ago. I took a week off and went up there to visit with some friends, colleagues, and we hunted for a few days. And uh, we we did not have success at all with, uh, with some of the dabblers, uh, some of the mallards in that area. Uh, they looked like they knew the routine. Number of mallards in the area at that time was pretty low to begin with. But those that were there, they looked like they were adults. They were all fully plumed, big birds, hanging out in the areas where we could not hunt. And, you know, it was it was as reminded me of, of hunting in the south in, let's say, January when the ducks have already seen all the tricks. And, and you know, my, my sense, I don't have a lot of history hunting St. Clair Flats, but my sense is that was probably a bit of an unusual thing to see birds that wary that early. And we had some pretty decent weather. We had some wind. We had some cooler temperatures, nothing too cold. It was weather that you would have thought would have moved birds around a little bit, but we just, we struggled. And I know a lot of folks on the WMA up there did as well. So that too. Now, granted, that's an area that's not going to be, um, that's not going to get a lot of their birds from the prairies. So, uh, don't exactly know how to explain every aspect of that, but nevertheless, that is that's kind of the conclusion that we were drawing. Is these might be some adult birds, you know, despite Michigan having maybe some good production this year. So it's just kind of some interesting observation for us as well. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, you know, and I think the challenge is when you start out with a fall flight that doesn't have many juvenile birds in it. That ratio you know, is likely only to get tougher as birds move south because the young birds are more susceptible to be harvested and probably are going to get whittled out of the population first. So, you know, by the time you reach Arkansas and Mississippi and Louisiana, you probably don't have many young birds that are left, especially, you know, when you don't start out with many in the beginning. Right, right. Well, let's see. The other thing that I heard earlier this week from some colleagues was sort of observations about the, let's say, reduced number of non-residents that were hunting in Canada this year. It was obviously more than what were there last year. There was very, very few non-residents that, that even attempted to make it into Canada last year to, to do any kind of hunting. And, and I forget what the restrictions were, but there was some way that some non-residents could get there. Maybe they were already 
stationed there. Or something. I don't exactly know what that story would have been, but uh, nevertheless, very few there last year. And then I think I heard that maybe some of the guide services and outfitters this year were running at about 50% capacity. So still a reduction in the number of non-residents based on kind of what, what we were hearing. Did you notice sort of a reduced number of non-residents compared to what you might typically expect? Yeah, that's that's consistent with what I saw and, and what I heard from folks too. Um, you know, we had, we had guests that were planning to come to Canada and, and and visit and hunt this past fall. And, and I know some of the, some of the COVID protocols to get across the border, uh, were, were just enough that folks were like, "Mm, you know, the odds of me testing positive as I'm ready to crawl on a plane to return to the U S were slim. Um, but if they did, they had to spend, you know, an extra two weeks here in a hotel or something. And there were, you know, folks who were still running businesses or, you know, had to get back to work who just said, yeah, I can't risk that. So I know we definitely had people who canceled out of their trip because of those sort of conditions. So, you know, I'm not surprised that, you know, maybe guides and outfitters were at about 50% capacity based on that. Well, Scott, this may be one of the last times that we talk with you here on this particular season of the DU podcast. It's it's November uh, and ducks are leaving Canada. So there's not a whole lot else for us to talk about here as we get into December and January, unless, we, unless you start getting into some more decoy construction ideas or things of that nature. Now, I was, but I did want to kind of ask you what's, what's next for you and getting outdoors. You still have some deer hunting uh, ahead of you. And I know that you're going to get out there and do a little bit of trapping as well. Is that kind of what's going to occupy your time going forward? Yeah, that's what that's what's on the slate. Um, yeah, with deer hunting, I, I do have one deer in the freezer that I got on like the second day of the muzzleloader season, shot a buck. And so now I have, I'm left with an antlerless tag and boy, do I see bucks whenever I go out. In fact, last night I had one come out on the trail with 10, limit, 10 minutes of legal light left that must have been, he was inside 15 yards and it's like, oh gosh, why can't you be a doe? But uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll try to connect with an antlerless deer and then I will be moving and shifting gears and getting things ready to go out on my Martin trap line up in the edge of the Southern Boreal Forest. So that's always a fun winter activity and good place to spend some time. And then I guess in terms of what we need to continue to hope for between now and next spring, we need uh, some precipitation, uh, whether it be in the form of, I guess this time of year is most likely going forward, it's most likely going to be in the form of snowfall, I would guess, a little bit farther west. And yeah, I guess we just need to continue to hope for those type of weather weather systems to move in. Hey, what's the, before I forget about this, that Alberta Clipper, I think, is going to be moving in here. What's it going to drop the temperatures to there in, in Winnipeg or across the prairies? Yeah, let me see. I, I know... Um while this low system was setting here, we we were right around freezing. We were like 32, 31 degrees. It looks like as we go into, well, tomorrow or Sunday, highs of 24 Fahrenheit, lows of 13. So that's that will make any water that we didn't have hard will become hard pretty quick with those kind of conditions. Yeah, and, you know, we're not above freezing you know, in the extended forecast. So, so we'll be frozen up here. I, I don't know if that's true further west. I mean, places in Alberta, 
they kind of get some of that warm air coming off the mountains and can warm up. So there could still be some birds holding out in places like that. But across most of the Canadian prairies, there will not be much for waterfowl left uh, moving forward here. Okay. Well, they're on their way south and I don't have any reports from the mid-continent right now. Uh, we'll try to check in with some folks. Uh, I mean, other than what we've we talked with Johan about, and it was kind of the, the same as what others have said. You know, it's kind of tough to find birds, and when you do find them, a lot of them are going to be some of the adult birds. So, um, yeah, it's we'll continue to go forward here. The southern states are going to be opening their seasons uh, here pretty soon. I think Arkansas opens next weekend and then Mississippi later in the month. And we just kind of continue to continue to go forward from that. I have seen actually, now that I'm thinking about this, some reports out of the Illinois River Valley, Mississippi River Valley, some, it appears to be some delayed migration of, of divers into some parts of the Midwest, which is, which is interesting. And so it's, uh, it's always difficult to keep track of these types of things just based on anecdotal reports, but we'll do the best we can. And so, uh, any, final thoughts for us from uh, from up in Canada this year, Scott? Yeah, I guess maybe the, the parting thought I'd offer is, you know, I think probably to position folks further south to be thinking about their duck season is to just have different expectations this year, given, you know, the poor production we've had, you know, be happy when conditions are right and you shoot a limit during the season. You know, it's probably not going to be stellar all the time. And if you get one of those days where conditions are right and birds are working, just sort of relish that because it's probably not going to be the norm this year. Yeah, I think that's wise advice. And so uh, I would echo that. We appreciate you joining us for multiple times throughout this particular podcast season. If something comes up that we want to talk with you about, I'll give you a holler and we'll get you back on the horn. And uh, But otherwise, it might be sometime in next spring or so or summer before we check in with you. So uh, we'll have to say goodbye to the Bonanza walk-up music for a while. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try and stay warm and I'll, I'll be ready to report come spring when, when we're ready to touch base again. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Scott. And uh, happy holidays to you and, and all your family up there. And, and hope you all enjoy the, the remaining, the, the lovely winter months of Prairie Canada. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> I will work to do that. All right. A special thanks to our guest on today's episode, Dr. Scott Stevens with Ducks Unlimited Canada. We all we always appreciate his time and his insights from up there north of the border. As always, we thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for the work he does getting these podcasts out to you. And then to you, the listener, we thank you for joining us here today. We thank you for your support of wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash dupodcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. 
Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. 